0: You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Accapinti and Greg Viscomi. We're in it. The fall sports season, it's underway. It started last weekend and it really kicks into high gear this weekend. Welcome you back to another edition of Hawk Talk. Eddie Acapinti, Greg Viscomi. And we will keep our fall sports theme going with today's guest, the head coach of our field hockey program, Carly Figlio. But Greg, before we bring Carly in, before we get into everything going on, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. And you said kicked into high gear, which made me think of Coach Kylie Flynn's 2-0 Hawks, 6-0, if you're counting at home, on the score sheet. Two undefeated games. CAA Defensive Player of the Week. First CAA Weekly award coach goes to Coach Flynn. Um, that's awesome to see. I'm just so so happy for her, and so happy for that program.
0: Yeah, great start to the season, and and they were the first team to get competing. And it was three uh, nothing over Lehigh, three nothing over Albany. Uh, that Albany match was the first home match. That'll be a theme that we talk about on this on this edition of Hawk Talk. Not only the uh, soccer doubleheader on Thursday, but the field hockey season opener this Friday. All at home, so there's a lot going on. We'll get Carly on in just a second, but Greg, I hear you. There's, I feel like there was so much time spent preparing. There was so much time spent getting ready for this, and then we're there. We're in it right now, and we're starting to see the other teams in the CAA, some of the teams that they're playing and in, in beating across all of the, the sports. Obviously, football hasn't started yet. So uh,
1: I think they went like 15 15- Four and one or something in the first
0: in men's and women's soccer, right? something like that. Yeah, it was crazy the first
1: week. So that's pretty cool.
0: We're seeing it. We're we're going to see it even more over the next few weeks and months. Um, and we know everyone's so excited about it. And, and maybe no one uh, along with us more excited than our guest today. And if there's someone in this building who I think might be the authority on playing in a new league. <laughs> Seemingly every couple of seasons, it's head coach Carly Figlia with our field Hockey team. Carly, how you doing?
2: Hi, guys. Thanks Play, for having me. Playing
1: and dominating.
2: Playing and
0: winning league. in new leagues. You know, we were getting ready to have this conversation. We've known Carly for forever, but it's always good to get a friend of ours who's a co-worker in this setting here on the podcast. But, I mean, Carly, I think when you factor in all of the times that field Hockey was in the NEC then the MAC and then there was a little bit bouncing around and then the veering into the America East and now getting ready for the CAA you probably have the record for most leagues played in for any team in this building right?
2: Yeah we've played in quite a few so uh, we're really excited about the CAA though that this next challenge I think being in the America East was a a great step for us and just the natural progression um, and playing in the CAA we're, we're so excited.
0: I remember telling friends and people who maybe worked with us who've moved on, they didn't understand how good the America East was. And I think we learned it from, from really from you and from the program, but to go from the leagues that you were competing in to then the America East was such a, a step up, like you said. It's the getting ready for this move. But to have the immediate success that you had, I mean, as an ultra-successful America East run... How do you do it? How how did you have a different group of student athletes every year seemingly be not just ready to compete in a new league, but ready to thrive in a new league? You've done it like literally a handful of times.
2: (laughs) I think it kind of stems from the basis of who we are and the foundation of who we are. We talk about it a lot, even just from my very first recruiting class. It's just who do we want to be and having that rollover to whoever we play, wherever we play and I think the challenge, like if you look at who we play outside of our conference, we're constantly trying to challenge ourselves. And so stepping up and playing a Stanford, a Maine and Albany and all those teams that were such a high level in the America East, um, we tried to prepare for that way before we even got into that conference by playing CAA kind of teams and Big Ten and, and all those type of uh, programs.
1: Is that how much of a recruiting advantage is it like to to play in not only to to step up and play like an ultra I don't want to say crazy but ultra competitive play against the best teams in the country type schedule but then like your your league schedule has been so good over the past few years you know we're in the NEC we leave the NEC they boot out football and field hockey Right away, we you know we get into other leagues and that stuff, and then we leave to get into the American East, which was like so so competitive. Like, does that like do field hockey players care about that stuff?
2: I think the girls who I want on my team will care about that stuff. I'm for me, just like my life philosophy is like you want to be challenging yourself. You don't want to be complicit. And hey, losing against a top five team in the country isn't isn't bad. You, you can learn a lot about yourself when you challenge yourself. And even like last year at the end of our season, when we were really starting to roll and and start to really connect, um, figure things out, we played Princeton and that's a a team that's been in the final four consistently and will be in the top 10 consistently. And we were able to beat a team like that. So you never know who's going to step up when they're going to step up. So why not put yourself out there. So the girls who would be drawn to that are the girls who would want to play for me.
0: It it seems like the culture of the program, like you said, the the competitiveness is one that you mentioned it, non-conference conference, conference. because you put such a challenging schedule in front of them. I feel like certain coaches, they go into it maybe in different sports, oh, it's a it's a non-conference game. I can do X, Y, Z. But it seems like you guys would approach every matchup through that competitive competitiveness like it's a conference matchup. So is that why the weeks of training are so intense, getting ready for those? Because we, I mean, you can't help but hear them practicing or see them practicing. And it's, it's the intensity of it that really is what impresses me.
2: Yeah, we try to replicate game speed at practice. It's a really hard thing to do because... When you are competing against somebody else, there's that, you know, that jolt of energy that you just naturally get. But what I'm the most impressed of right now where we're sitting is the competitive nature of the players that we have on the team and having multiple layers and and making it hard for the coaching staff to say like, hey, who's in this lineup? And who are we going to play where? And can we roll subs in and have fresh legs so that we can be kind of merciless when we play against other teams too yeah that Mm -hmm.
0: is that's such a great point and I feel so when we broadcast games sometimes we're far away in the football facility and sometimes we're up close and it depends on kind of the structure so one of the things I always take away when I'm up close when I'm next to the bench is is that it has the feeling like there is no downtime for you and your staff and the bench it seems like the really the cornerstone of the program is how intense it is for how often and more so than the other bench it's it's a louder bench it's you know like the players are up how important was it for you to bring that element in culture I mean you've been doing it at Monmouth for such a long time now but it seems like that's one thing that never wanes that doesn't fall off is like the how intense and how happy positive I don't know the words but the team the girls look like they really just want to be there
2: I think the kids are saying it's a vibe now Thank Is you. that what they <laughs> say now? That's what the kids say. Okay, okay. it's a vibe. Um, I've never felt older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I to, to me, I I don't I don't know if it's just like uh, I enjoy being energetic and like you don't coach unless you're passionate about it and why not enjoy the moment and and just yourself into it. And I think that is really the messaging that we try to get across to them as much as possible. It's like you are out here sweating and working and being a student athlete is rough. Everybody thinks it's this glamorous thing, but it's really not. And if we aren't enjoying what we're doing and going for it every single day, why do it? Right. And it's, it's for a very select few. And I think the, the foundation of the girls who we maintain contact with who come back and watch those games are proud to see that because you can have stellar athletes great wins bad seasons but if you can have a foundation um, you can have sustainability and I always talk to my recruits about winning the right way and being sustainable and it's taken us some time to get to where we are as far as national rankings and who will even come and play us and having these big name teams want to compete with us. And that's something that I hold very near and dear and, and have a lot of pride in. And I think that energy that we put out there, um, hopefully it's contagious and allows, you know, those big time schools to want to come here and play us.
1: So that, I think that's one of the things that a, a lot of people, I'm trying to, I'm flipping through to get back to your schedule. Uh, A lot of people don't like understand about scheduling in college athletics is that most of the time when you're uh, good, like your program and coach Rice's program has found this. And and even to a certain uh, degree, our our football program, now that I'm doing the scheduling, I'm finding that there are some teams that are like, oh, yeah, we're not doing a home and home with you. Like, um, it's hard when you get good to schedule teams because they don't, especially at home. Because they don't want to come to your place and get beat, in your case, five rock or four rock. Uh, But it's also hard in a lot of sports to get high major teams to come and play you at home. However, it seems like in field hockey, and I don't know if this is because there's only 60 programs or how many other programs there are, but I'm looking at your schedule. Yeah. First of all, it's ridiculous. Um, You play at UConn, so that's an away game, whatever. But then you have Rutgers coming here, which they should. I mean, it's up the road, and they're very good program. Yep. You have Syracuse coming here, and I thought I oh, and then you're at Boston College. Mm-hmm. You have Princeton here, mm-hmm. and then most the rest of it is pretty much CA schedule for the most part. So h- how do you get a, a, a team like Syracuse to come down here, or you're even Rutgers? I mean, I'm not. They won't play us in a certain other sport that you play on a hundred yard field. Uh, which I can't really get into, I guess. So, But they, they won't they won't play us in that. So how do you get them to come down and play us here?
2: It's a really good question. It, it's taken us a really long time, but to be honest. I mean, last year we had Harvard here, and Harvard made the Final Four. And so I think it is um, being able to, one, be willing to play maybe away first and, and get that home game after. And then the interesting aspect is, you know, where we are kind of stationed in the RPI and the rankings and stuff like that. It's good to play us and get a win. It's bad to play us and get a loss. Um, And so you have to make it worth their, their time and make it competitive. And for us to maintain our RPI at at a higher level will increase the chances of a Syracuse coming, a Rutgers coming, um, trying to get a Penn State to come in and, um, being able to do those home in a ways is is really important for our program.
1: You're now in the CAA. Introduce people a little bit to CAA field hockey because we were kind of, you know, we did like an unofficial tally in the back offices when we made the move to CAA, and everybody's like, okay, well, you know, probably have some work to do here. This this program will be good, and everybody's like, oh, Carly would be fine. Like like <laughs> she's got it going on, and I'm like, but, well. Yeah. <laughs> i think delaware won a national yeah, championship sure a couple of years ago so i mean it's all great things and everybody knows you're going to do a great job but yeah. talk a little bit about the teams in the CAA and like introducing people to that uh, well
2: it's so interesting because i was actually on the ncaa committee when delaware won and i was the rep for delaware so i got to hand rolf the head coach that big heavy national championship uh trophy so it's it's kind of it's fun to now be able to compete against him And the good thing is that we had a lot of CAA teams on our schedule. Um, It's going to be tough and competitive. And if you look at when we played in the NCAA against William & Mary, that was a a loss for us. And so um, although we're confident in who we are and what we're going to bring to the CAA, it's not going to be an easy road. I love being the underdog. I love being the person that doesn't, you know, get the votes or is not in that, you know, the – of, hey, do you like this person in the top 25? <laughs> I, I want to be the person to come in and and earn that respect. Um, and that's what we're we're looking to do in the CAA. We've got to earn it. We've won nothing. We, you know, uh, regular season titles in the last couple of years have been fantastic, but we're looking for a ring and we're looking to kind of take that next step and trying to climb the national rankings.
0: Well, the instant respect that... Your peers paid the program, I think, was evident by, and again, no one puts any stock into preseason polls. And, but like you said, you could take your motivation from it. But Delaware was picked a top, Northeastern was picked number two, and then Monmouth was picked third. It's the highest preseason ranking for any fall team in the CAA. So, because you have this, you know, history of playing these programs, having success against them. You mentioned it, you could play the underdog role, but I think that tells me that the school, that the other, your peers in the CAA know the program that you've built, and that is kind of a nod of respect.
2: No, absolutely, and it's it's amazing to be in the conversation, um, and it's it's amazing to be able to, to have this new challenge. I mean, we were just getting used to the America East teams, meaning just like, hey, what's Maine gonna bring, what's Albany gonna bring, and Stanford, and so on and so forth. Um, and knowing a few of the CAA teams, but not all of them. Towson is going to be completely brand new to us. Um, Northeastern we've been playing more recently. William and Mary has been here and there, but you know, it really is going to be new to these girls. Um, and the challenge of not knowing and the excitement of not knowing too, is how do we use that to our advantage?
1: Let's step back a little bit. Um, yeah, cause I, I want to talk about your current team, but let's let's just talk about like how did you get into field hockey. Like, where did you? Stepping <laughs> go- way back, way by the way. Yeah, we're way going way, way we're back. Going, well, we're going back like twenty five years. How, how did how did you um, get in, get into field hockey? And what what other sports did you play growing up? And how did you end up being a collegiate field hockey player?
2: My path was weird. <laughs> I did gymnastics. Good start. For, <laughs> um, I did gymnastics competitively, like highly competitive six days a week for about 10 years of my life. And then I grew and I was like, Hmm, can't do these things anymore. And also it was just, it was my entire life. And as a kid, you want to kind of be more involved. And so uh, going into high school, I was like, what is this? Sure. I'll try it. And Just from there, um, the friendships that I made made me stay in field hockey and sorry about that. And I think, um, in going to college, I actually, I was a walk on. Um, and that's kind of why I think I like being the underdog so much. I like having to kind of prove myself time and time again, but I played at Kent state at the time. I think they were ranked seventh in the nation. Um, they had beaten UNC two years in a row. They were on a roll, and I was just kind of like, sure, what do I have to lose? Never thinking that I would make it, never. And when my coach came up to me and was like, are you ready to practice seven days a week for three hours a day? And I was like, sure. I had no idea what I was getting into. But it was the most amazing experience because, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, you're a coach. You must have played every minute and been the best on your team. And That was just certainly not my path at all. And I always tell my kids, like, tell your story to the freshmen. And my story was simply, I was a walk-on. I was a a kid who just wanted to work hard and bring what I could to that team and wound up not not getting a lot of playing time, but being a three-year captain and figuring out, like, what can I bring to this nationally ranked team that nobody else can bring? And that's what got me into coaching. Um, Actually, David, my assistant now, actually coached me in college and it was one of those bus rides at the end of my senior year of like what do you want to do and I had no idea and so he's like I think you should coach I think you would be amazing and so I just just tried it I love it
1: (laughs) you don't get a lot of three-year captains so I think that right off the bat lends itself to someone being a coach right I mean I'm I don't I I don't know of any three-year it's
0: it's rare right that someone I mean even a two-time captain is rare yeah Right. So a three time captain. And so to go from walk on to that, what were those things that you kind of did prove to your teammates in that short amount of time that led them to vote you as captain so so early in your career?
2: I think I had amazing self-awareness. Like I knew I was not a good field hockey player comparatively to the other girls on the team. and so There's, I, there's I, a
1: lot of that that <laughs> you can share that with a lot of young athletes yeah. across the board Absolutely. these days.
2: It, it's and it it wasn't an easy thing to come to, but it was really a recognition of how can I make my team better and what can I bring that is going to allow me to cement my legacy here because it may not be playing time and it may not be the minutes that I would have wanted, um, and so I just made sure that I always did the extra workout or. Making sure we had internationals on the team and being in the middle of Ohio, sometimes parents can't get out here. Certainly not the international parents, but um, making sure that they came to my apartment and we would, you know, make pasta or whatever, whatever we could afford, we would make. Um, And just making sure that my team was okay because that's what I could bring at that time. Um, And then when I got my moments to play, making sure that like I made the best of those moments. Um, And it's, it's just, it's a funny life experience of when you get those moments, like my senior year finally got some playing time and some starting time and broke my face. And then a freshman took my (laughs) spot. So it's, it's really like, honestly, it prepared me for coaching though, because I can relate to so many different levels of just like, it wasn't easy for me. And so when kids are like, this is really hard, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Broke your face. Broke my face. Yeah,
1: you, you got to tell that story. Was that, was that doing that insane <sighs> defender run out of the cage as someone
2: no, swings we, no, at, a, a this, heavy girl, ball at your face? Well, because you girls, guys didn't
0: get the
1: masks we that, did that did they not right. not
2: have masks. No, we ran out without any kind of protection but no i actually um
1: i'm like i'm not doing this <laughs> i would just wear a regular man but i'm wearing a hockey mask I don't, I don't care.
2: <laughs> some, right, some teams right. use hockey gloves which is yeah. pretty smart but um you know it was just a girl swung and missed the ball and got my my nose and my right under my eye so you can't even tell <laughs> no i had no idea and thanks, ca- thanks for that <laughs> carly has
1: had no work done Also, so when you see her, you have no idea that she broke her face.
0: Quite resilient.
2: Yeah, it's still good genes. nose, Nose is still broken. So certain sunglasses hurt. But other than that. And I got a pretty straight uh, snoz here. Yeah, was, no, that's what I'm really saying. You can't. I
0: had no idea. <laughs> yeah, that we've known you for a very long <laughs> yeah. time, and I had no idea. It's not yeah. like we're in the
1: back hole going, man, no, look like okay. at Carly's <laughs> nose. <She laughs> no, stick to the face.
2: The worst part was in the training room. They were like, whatever you do, don't look in the mirror. I was like, get me a mirror, for God's sakes. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: Because if you're told this not to. Is this in a game or
1: practice? Game. Yeah. Where, where, where did that player play?
2: I don't remember the team. I really don't. I'm I, sure a lot is a blur after no, getting. I, I, I no, I, re- <laughs> I actually remember, I remember like getting up and then I just, everything went black and then remember being in the training room afterwards. Jeez. So, but. Well,
1: glad, glad you pulled through. <laughs>
0: you know, the the thing that I think is is the one thing that I'm curious of, how does someone from New Jersey and I know well, Kent State. You
2: don't want this story. <laughs> no, like it's curious
0: to me. So you you walked on there. Obviously, they're a tremendous program. So yeah. you want to challenge yourself. How did you end up at Kent State?
2: God, these stories are going to sound fake, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it very abbreviated. Okay. So again, my path to college was: Hey, kid, figure it out. You have to pay for it. So I went where the money was. Sure. So I went to Canada first. Um, that was cold. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, we're so, learning
1: a yeah. lot here. We've we're been in Canada. for oh,
0: over that's 15
2: even years. Um, so, have you heard of Manitoba? Yeah. Okay. Heard of it, right. Um, been there. So, um, went there.
0: Compared to Manitoba, Kent State is like Mexico, oh, it, like it's tropical. Florida. Right, right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I went there because the American dollar stretched and I got a scholarship. And, um, when I got there, I quickly realized the program wasn't competitive to what, to what I wanted it to be. I didn't want that to be my experience of kind of more of like a club vibe oh. and, um, and really just, it was far from home too. But, um, Kent state actually called me over the Christmas break and was like, Hey, are you going to pick up your academic scholarship? Now I, I, wouldn't call myself an academic. So one, we were like, what? And two, I don't go there. So they're like, well, you can still receive an in-state tuition, but you have to be a freshman. So you'd have to transfer here. And I was like, oh, all right, here we go. So that's how I got to Kent State. It had nothing to do with- Were you living in Ohio? No, New Jersey.
1: And they gave you in-state tuition? So
2: it was the academic scholarship that gave me the in-state tuition. How did I get the academic scholarship? It's still a mystery. So hopefully <laughs> nobody at Kent State is listening to this. Yeah, they're gonna go digging What's through the, the records. Yeah, like, right? like what does she owe us? They're not, um, they're
1: not gonna, yeah.
2: Yeah, but that that's, that's how I got to Kent State. So I went there and like my love for field hockey hadn't wavered and my dad at the time was like, try out. Now my dad had this grandiose idea of who I was as a field hockey player he was like, go to UNC. I'm like, dad, let's, let's again, like, let's just rein it in a little bit, but (laughs) God bless him. He, that's his job. I know he really pushed me to do it. And I think there wasn't the fear of like, Oh my God, because it was so such a far shot that I would actually make this team that I was like, all right, let's, let's go for it. Which I guess is kind of like how I schedule, like, all right, like let's do this. Like, let's see what we can do. So I guess it all kind of makes sense now that I'm saying it out loud.
1: All right. So let's fast forward. How do you get to Monmouth?
2: (laughs) Even better story.
1: We got all the good stories. We got a ton of good stories (laughs) that we couldn't even tell on this podcast.
0: Well, it's a family friendly (laughs) podcast. These are family friendly.
1: (laughs) From when we were all young. We don't have a rating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. How how do you get to Monmouth?
2: Oh, well, so I just put my application out everywhere um, and got zero calls. And was at the time my, my family who was living in New Jersey all moved to California. So nobody was actually in New Jersey. So I was like, now what? Um, I wound up in the summer going into, I think, oh, six when I started um, was doing at home care for a woman with Parkinson's who just happened to be down this shore area. And I think like let's say preseason started August 9th. I think like August fifth. I get a phone call from Monmouth, being like, "Hey, do you do you want to come to campus for an interview?" And sure, yeah. <laughs> that that so basically a couple of days before preseason, um, they hired me and have not left since.
0: Well, because then in a pretty <laughs> short order, <laughs> let's continue this thing now
1: probably hit fast forward a year
0: you right a year then you're a head coach of a division one program who by the way hadn't had a lot of success prior
1: yeah yeah i don't i so i came here in 06 and i came from american that had at the time we were like fifth or sixth or seventh in the country and i was like oh man like you know, i'm coming here to be the football contact but we have field hockey whatever like and i'm like oh This is probably the worst team in the country. It's just an 06. So, my whole point is not to drag down Carly's early (laughs) assistant coach to coach, but like the fact that it's where the program was 15 years ago, we were probably one of the bottom whatever programs in the country. And now we're like skirting outside the top 15 regularly in the top 25, regularly going to NCAAs. Like, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, a team that went 18-3 in the America <laughs> East crazy. the last three years. It's like, crazy. Think about that, right? Yeah, let that sink oh. in. So those those early teams, the teams that kind of enabled you to start a foundation of culture, and, I mean, what's that like when you're kind of two years removed from, like you said, starting four days before the season? So then, it's your program.
2: I mean, you have to again. I think the self awareness part was such a big attribute of like who are we and how and what can we do right now, and and then what do we need in the future. And so I think the basis of of who I am is always going to be. I may not be the smartest or the most talented, but I'm gonna work outwork everybody. And so that was kind of the philosophy of of who we and then it was getting kids to believe in me and the program and my first recruiting class I'm I'm going to their weddings now they're having kids it's it's so amazing and that was um really when we started to see some success and it, it had nothing to do with tactically or technically those kids not only believed in what we were trying to do but they believed in each other and I think um You know, there's some very special classes that have come through here. And I think the ones that understand at the core of this is that it really is family first. And that's kind of like who we are right now is it's not about you as an individual. Like you don't want to go out and do the run, but you're going to do it because the team needs it. And that's when we started to see the most success early on. And then, I mean, let's be real, guys. There was we got a field. (laughs) right so we we had played on grass and then um moved us to the football field and in the hopes that you know we would get kicked off the football field and and get our own field and um we got a very generous donation um jane freed gave us our first astroturf which really allowed us to take the next step because the playing surface for us is everything right
0: what was the year on that please remind us I know I'm, I'm a little, oh nine. I mean, is it 10? It's like, right. And yeah. it's so funny because
1: Hold on, I have the interwebs.
0: Yeah. Go for it. Because, well, and while you were saying that I'm sitting here like, what was the biggest? And then you start looking and yeah. literally 2010, yeah. there's a breakthrough yes. season 15 and five. And that from then to now, that's the, you could almost call it the, the, Modern Monmouth field hockey program with that playing surface and all that hard work now turning into a lot of wins.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you, when you invest in something, yeah. you, you see the dividends, and and not only did we have the correct playing surface, um, I mean, if you go out there now, like we're really excited, like we're getting new things. Like our field right now is it's called F I H certified, which means that we can hope post-Olympic Games. So we have one of the best fields in the country now. And so that also draws in, you mm-hmm. know, the Rutgers and the Syracuse. Um, and so it was a combination of a, a, a multitude of things. The belief in the program, the belief in what I was saying to them, kids who wanted to create a legacy. So when you're when you're recruiting kids, you're going to have kids who are like, I just want the Big Ten and the, and what the Big Ten sells. And they do a great job of selling. But the kids who I want want to be a part of something immediately and creating a legacy and not just kind of being I was on the team that did this it was I was a part of the team that did this so yep. I think that's kind of the basis of it all
1: so fall of 2007 we open up so sweet of catfield okay um let's transition a little bit because we've had you for a half hour so
2: oh that was fast guys told
1: you, told you? fun <laughs> it is fun so let's transition to your current team. Mm-hmm. I want to start with maybe one of my favorite field hockey people, players of all time, (laughs) Anik. And when we're talking about, you know, when Eddie and I are laying out like the broadcasts, we really like having kids on, but we also like to have the head coaches on because, you know, we want people to understand your program, but having the kids on is is fun because you're learning more about, and, and the whole goal of this podcast, and I feel like I say it every week, was to try to, you know, we could do a podcast every week on basketball and football. Great. Like I could, t- I could do podcasts every day on mouth football. Um, but we want to shed a light on some of our other, we have so many great stories and so many great student athletes and so many great programs. I like, we want to shed a light on some of the less known programs. So we're going back and forth on like, all right, we, we need to get field hockey on. Obviously we we're going to try to have you on last week. It didn't work out cause you're busy. I mean, you are in season. Um, so we're like, oh, I really want to have an Econ. <laughs> because she's awesome and she's awesome as a person and she's awesome uh obviously on field hockey uh but we're like no we got to have figs on and when uh, anique starts to crush it during the year we'll have her come in we'll have her do an episode so how do you get anique what does she mean to your team what makes her so awesome overall
2: well it's funny because when i told the girls i was doing this they're like what what the heck i i thought it was (laughs) student-athletes Like, let, me shine, it's guys. let it, me shine. It's both. It's both. It's both.
1: Yeah, because we had Ben Zakowski on last week. Yeah, they
2: were saying they listened. Yeah. So great. Uh, um, so I mean, how do we get Anik? Well, I mean, Anik was like that player who she actually flew herself here, right? So we were recruiting her, you know, over. I think it was Skype back then. So like, mm. you know, doing FaceTime and stuff like that, and and just getting to know her, and then. Um, she had flown here for um, like an official visit, but she got herself here. And we were just like, this kid has something special. And Anique is the coolest story to look at because where she is now from where she came from, Anique is blessed and is a very talented player, but Anique works so hard. If you're at a practice, you are going to see her running so hard in every drill. And I think that's a testament to her character, right? Like it is rare to to have the like one of the most talented field hockey players like what last year she was third or fourth in the country in the country for scoring. Yeah. So to have a talent like that and be able to couple it with the work ethic so she can say do as I say and do as I do. Right. And the the respect that her teammates have for her, you know, if Anique was my teammate and she said jump, I would say how high, because she's, she's does everything that she's supposed to be doing on the field. Um, and she's cultivated herself. Like I would love to take all the credit for that, but Anique being the third or fourth highest scoring forward in the country last year had individuals every single week. So she is putting in the work. And that is why when you see her shoot that corner shot, that looks like a bullet it's not just her natural ability it's coupled with the time that she's spent out there so really happy she's back for her fifth year <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that we ever worried that you know i mean so, so with the covid year and everything else uh, forget about transfer portal but just some of these student athletes are just done being student athletes like oh, absolutely. it's a lot yeah.
2: Yeah. it is a lot it's a lot and uh, am i demanding on them absolutely I, I, absolutely i'm uh, you know i want to get the, I want them to be challenged so that when they leave this program, their next challenge in life, they can say, I got through preseason, I can do anything. Or I got through sure. this, I can do it. Like I, and I'm I'm fully aware of what I ask of them. Um, and I fully respect what they do out there. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think Anique was automatically, you know, this is going to be something that that I can do. I mean, she's, we're lucky that she's in the master's program in, in the business. And so it made sense for her to, to take that fifth year. But also I think we had success in the America East, but we didn't get a ring. And so the fifth years that are coming back, like they're the only kids on our team to have a ring. We've got some regular season championships and that's fun. That's nice. But they want to, they want to take that next step and, it, the focus of that group is tremendous. It's, it's really fun to watch.
0: And I think the interesting thing, like you said, is it's team-driven success. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she, you know, and I'm sure there's other factors at play, but coming back for a championship. Not coming back necessarily, rewrite a record book, which will happen over the course of a season, but... Have you noticed that? that that's, has that been a theme throughout preseason as far as getting into the CAA year one, what that means for the legacy of them as part of this team, but also maybe a little unfinished business?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kind of took the spring and we seriously revamped everything. Um, and we got back to basics and we got back to like, what are our standards? and Everybody has the same standard, no exception. Um, and that has cultivated the team first mentality and everybody's on the same playing level truly and honestly I don't care where you're from what you've done in years previous like you've got to come in ready and if you're ready to play you're going to be playing we've got a lot of young talent out there um and it's really fun to see the new we've got 10 freshmen how they've assimilated to like the the standard and the work ethic has been fantastic and and those kids are going to gonna get some playing time out there and they're gonna be they're gonna be important for us. Um, but I think what the transition for us and and hopefully we see success out of it this fall, right? Who we'll see on Friday, but it started in the spring and those girls dedicated so much um of not just their time, but like the the mental fortitude it takes to change a culture. So the culture wasn't terrible, but it wasn't where we wanted it to be. And we we worked really hard on that. And we can see it already in preseason. Um, and hopefully, you know, once games start and starters happen and things happen that can kind of erode that team culture and we, we want to maintain why we're out there. It's not about the starting position. It's, it's not even about who scored that goal. It has to be about what's the end result and how do we get there and did we do it together? Because at the end of the day, like field hockey is so much bigger than the game. It has to be about getting them ready for life because, I know not that you guys don't know this, but like you're not making the big bucks <laughs> in field hockey aspect. Like you're you're just we want to get them ready for the next phase of their life. And that's why I stay in coaching and that's why I love coaching, other than getting to wear sweatpants to work. Like that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. But it really is seeing the transition of like that young, timid freshman girl become a woman who's confident and and can face a challenge and be like, I did that, and I can do anything, and really build confidence like within herself, as opposed to like looking for it outside of herself.
0: Four of the first five matches at home this year uh, starts this Friday, August twenty sixth, four o'clock. Welcoming in an old conference opponent that's now a non-conference opponent in Fairfield. Um, you mentioned the schedule that you put in front of the group, but. At this time, you just ready to you're ready to play a game. Yeah. You're ready to, to see another jersey on that yeah, field and, and get competing.
2: Yeah, it was fun. We had two scrimmages, and so uh, we went to Temple on Sunday, um, and the girls did a great job comparative to what we what we showed at Lafayette and what we showed at Temple. Um, the growth in those few days it was. Fantastic to see. So it'll be really interesting. Fairfield is a very good team, and they've been winning that conference and going to the NCAA's. Really good at defense, um, well structured, usually super fit. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, again, I, d- I guess I d- didn't want to make this easy on myself at all. And so we're ready to just jump right in. See well, what happens?
0: You're not kidding because after Fairfield, who like Carly said. <laughs> is all of those things you just said, and we've seen them be very successful when Monmouth was in the same league you know, as the Stags and then also as a non-conference opponent. Then listen to this run of teams.
1: I'm just looking at
0: At it. number 15, UConn. CAA opener hosting Delaware, which, as Greg mentioned, won a national title um, just a couple of years ago. Rutgers, Syracuse, visiting Harvard, visiting Boston College. I think we could pull every schedule from every team here For the majority of the year. I don't know if anyone relative to their competition has a schedule stacked as challenging as what that schedule is.
1: No, but. I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? Like. We hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think when you talk to a lot of our coaches who play high majors, A1, they want to. That's what they're comparing themselves to. But, B, it's like, well, when you go in and play, and I'm not going to pick out an opponent, but when you go in and play X opponent in your conference, like, yeah, they might be good, but, like, guys, we've already played Rutgers. We've already played Syracuse. Like, we know, we can hang with those teams, so, like, now it's time to turn it loose on these teams. So,
2: yeah, I, I applaud you for it. it we want to yeah. get to the NCAA championship, too, and, and not lose. And that that's something that we kind of, like, as a staff, um, started talking about in depth of, like, how do we get past that first round? Because that's been a monkey on our back too. And you have to, just to your point, you've got to play those teams so you have the confidence. Win, lose, or draw, like, you are going to learn something when you play Syracuse. Uh, I mean, Syracuse is going to be knocking at that national championship door this year for sure. Rutgers was number one last year. Harvard was in the final four. Like, you know, it's it's intense. And and But, again, like – the. The girls that I want to surround myself with are gonna jump at that schedule and be like, Yeah, let's go.
1: There you have it.
0: I mean that challenging schedule starts Friday, four get o'clock out here. here at So Sweet a Cat Field, the one of the best fields in the country and definitely the most uniquely named.
1: Yeah, that we don't have enough time for that whole story. <laughs> we don't because we have to get a little bit we gotta have a little fun more in depth with Coach Figlia. Yeah. Fun conversation.
2: Oh gosh.
0: It's rare that you probably get a, a, a night that you can sit down and kind of think at this point not about field hockey. So in the rare times during preseason or even maybe over the summer leading up to it when you're not recruiting that you have a couple of free minutes, uh, what are the what are the shows that you're binging right now? What are the most recent ones that you were like, man, can't miss, that was fantastic?
2: Oh, God. I mean, I love Ted Lasso. Mm.
1: Great answer. Love, probably the best answer. Love
2: Ted Lasso. They're
0: filming season
2: three now? Yeah. I'm still uh, in season
1: two. We haven't gotten as season two yet. I,
2: I mean, I, I've binged it multiple times. Like, I've watched season one over twice. And over. And see,
1: yeah. So good.
0: Yeah. I think they're filming season three now.
2: Okay. Can't wait. It's literally
0: the only reason we got um, Apple, Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's no, really Apple Me
2: too, 100%. Um, that's that's probably, like, I, I mean, when I want to turn my brain off, I, like, watch, like, the Great British Bake Off. I I am not good in the kitchen, but like I love- <laughs> well,
1: There goes one of our
0: normal questions.
2: <laughs> I, I bet, but I don't know, like I- So I, you don't go
0: like bad reality TV, you go that. I like yeah,
2: that. Yeah, but only, like I don't really like cooking shows. I like the that one specifically. I don't know why. I feel like they've got like a good camaraderie, but they're like they're competing, but then they're like, oh, here's a hug and they've got the accent and oh. The accent know. definitely <laughs> improves
0: it. Chopped, wow. I, I'm a big chopped guy, I like chopped. Okay. I like the competitive aspect of it. Yeah. Not oh, British though, so it's it's not as good. <laughs>
1: I don't know. My my family watches this one where they bake things that they try to make them look like real things. So like oh, let's that's say, yeah, it's a cake, yeah, ah, it's yeah, a cake but that, it's like yeah. a watermelon. Like okay, here's a watermelon. Oh, we're gonna show now. We're gonna bake a cake that looks like a watermelon, and from like whatever ten feet away or whatever, that's the judges have one. to be like, that's the watermelon. Then they take like a knife and hack <laughs> yeah. into it.
0: That's like a thing on one. social media, right? Like people baking things that look like other things. Yeah, most
1: of the time they do it like crap. It looks awful, but this right. show is really good. Yeah they're really good so um we're gonna we sometimes ask about um you know what you cook or bake but you, we, we're gonna that. go right right past that Talk one. take out I got, Ooh, so nice. here's, where, here's where i was done. going right now you have been here for a while uh we where is like let's say i'm coming in from out of town oh yeah i'm from manitoba canada <laughs> And I'm like, Carly, we're friends. Take me out to one restaurant that I'm going to walk away from here and be like, wow, Monmouth County, Ocean County, wherever it is. It, it, New Jersey has great food.
0: Besides a McLoone's location. Yeah, yeah. It's sorry. one of our great partners. That's where I take all the recruits. And, we, yep. and so they're we. great. Yes. We take McLoone's and Rooney's. We go there for lunch and dinner we'll, all we'll the time.
2: We'll be there soon this weekend. <laughs> but
0: you can step out of that.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to. Uh, listen, when we need to get some, when we want to offer somebody a job. And, That's where we And take we, them. we take them to McLoone's or Rooney. So. Right. That is the best of the best, but let's just say- I, let's, let's expand just our say own personal on my, horizons. Yeah, personal.
2: Yeah. There's so many that I can pick from. Can I give you my top three right now? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes, of course. Well, yes. If fan, okay. well, if you are a sushi fan, we're going to Taka. Okay. Amazing. I don't even know where that is. I love it's, sushi. It's oh, delicious. It's, it's, John it's Cookman. Yeah, yeah. So good. Worth it. Worth okay. it. Get the calamari too. I know mm-hmm. it's a sushi place, but wow. No, they're
0: okay. entrees. So pre-baby, that was a regular thing yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Couldn't agree more. Excellent yeah. choice.
2: I mean, uh, just something that all student athletes will know is Porta. I sure. go for the pizza. Pizza. That's what everybody I says. Pizza. I've Have never been not? there.
0: Oh. Never. You've never had the pizza. Never ever. had the pizza. Oh man.
2: Oh my god. I mean, smash a whole pizza to myself. Easy. It's <laughs> so seems good. Like I got to
1: get going down there. Though.
2: It's so good. And then a okay. new one. It's, two. it's a little bit. It's not down, you know, downtown Asbury. It's closer to to where I live. Netty Spaghetti.
0: So you're Have on you that been? side of town
1: now. Yeah. Oh yeah. M M's place? No, never
0: mind. It's uh it's on Shaftal Road in Tinton Falls.
2: So good. you're talking like oh, Tinton Falls driven Neptune past that. Border. So good. Driving Frank home from yeah.
1: from uh, Capelli yeah. Sports to get on thirty
2: three. The inside is amazing, like great atmosphere. The the food is so good. The spaghetti homemade so so good.
1: Is it just spaghetti there?
2: No, it's it's a little bit of everything. Just all but, Italian food? Yeah.
1: That Maddie's used spaghetti.
0: to be, and just because that's my, I'm a Tintin Falls guy, mm-hmm. right? It used to be a place Luigi's back in the day, and they had a great the bar in there, right? The yeah. cute little like you would love it, right? A little mm. Italian bar. I've
1: driven past it thirty times.
0: You've it's if yeah, you've seen right. any mob movie, you've seen the inside yeah. of the place. You know what oh. I mean?
1: Yeah. It's like so unassuming. It's like on the side of like <laughs> right, a
0: right. It looks closed. <laughs> yeah,
1: like a mini highway, right. but I, but like. So uh, drive-driven passing around like a Thursday night and it's packed.
2: Yeah, no, it's a a wait list. Like you have to, because it is small inside, but I mean, they redid everything. And I mean, from the appetizers to literally everything, it's so good.
0: What a varied, it's funny, right? You you have probably the most uh, varied roster of any mm-hmm. team here and your food choice, <laughs> it's the same, right? We went from sushi to pizza I to pasta. I do not
2: discriminate. I will eat any food. I mean, there's a amazing Jamaican place by me too that we really? up right on the way home. Yeah, what's the name of that? Um, it's it's just called Jamaican Grill, huh? and it's um, what is it? The shop right it was like where the old Marshalls was, so like across the street. Yes, um, it's so good. Their patties are good. Oof
0: that one of life's little pleasures is a jamaican beef patty it's so good. or like you got jerk to. jerk chicken you gotta get jerk it chicken that. i love yeah, the place that Sammy D goes to. Oh, what was he that? He owes place? me. A,
1: uh, we he owes. Uh, we're supposed to go there. It, yeah. He knows the woman who runs it, and he gets like an oxtail or something wild. I'm not eating, but he tells me they have no, but great like jerk authentic jerk, jerk chicken, chicken is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's down in Long Branch somewhere. I think so. Broadway I think So wow, we hit a lot. That's really good. I mean, I, I,
2: it, I can eat.
0: I'm like you. I don't cook, so, so I know all yeah. the I know <laughs> <laughs> all the restaurants.
2: <laughs> I should really learn. I probably save so much money, but yeah, but what's <laughs> where's the fun in that? <laughs>
1: Well, we've covered everything.
0: I know, I know. I'll give you one more. Okay. When you played, mm-hmm. or coached, I guess, was there ever, because your your guys' warm-up tape is always <laughs> one of the most high-energy ones, right? So I realize you probably give that to the student-athletes. Yeah, for sure. What would get you, what What would get Coach Figs oh fired up? Oh, my
2: God. So this is so funny. So, like, I was the one who would be, like, like I would be the dancing person. Okay. And so... <laughs>
0: If you ever go to a field hockey game early enough that happens yeah if oh, I'm, yeah, if I'm no. there getting ready for a broadcast the dance party that ensues pre-game you, so that started with you and you can imagine well no
2: I certainly don't do that now the, the girls have never seen the, my dance moves I keep them under wraps but I mean you <laughs> can imagine what the locker room is like they are they are they're having fun in there um what would be on gosh that's such a good question I knew you you were gonna ask that. you know that's like me this. I'm a
0: music I'm, I love I love that question because um, it tells me so much about the person.
2: What get I mean everything kind of I mean I'm a huge Beyonce fan so like right now you know the new album by the way I mean pretty good it's pretty good pretty good um, back then it was really just kind of kind of like whatever they put on there personally what what I like to listen to before a game to kind of I like Slum Village I like Ooh. I like um, a little like slower a little bit slower a little Erica Badu Jill Scott like just a little calming vibes and little got to get a little bit of that kind of energy. Right. It puts and, you in a good place. Yeah, and then I'll put Beyonce on and be like, oh, we've got this.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love that. So you got the you got your pregame meal from a various yeah, array of are, restaurants, all over the place, though. Postgame meal, I guess, but perfect uh, coach. We really appreciate it. We Thank know you. it's training. We know your season starts in, a f- you know, 48 hours, yeah. whatever it is. So we appreciate you kind of taking the time and, and, you know, coming and chatting with us. us. We could have did this for fun. another two hours, by the sure. way.
1: Sure, <laughs> Sure. And, Sorry, but the next field hockey player person we have on is going to have to be unique, I think. But who knows? Maybe we have you on a little bit later in the season.
0: I mean, it was a, I'm good for kind of part two of that because this was really fun. And, you know, we know you because we've known you for, at this point, I don't want to date us, it's yeah, almost it's been okay. 20 years, but we learned stuff today. So thanks for opening sure. up course, and, and joining yeah. us. Yeah.
2: Thanks My for pleasure. taking time, Carly. Thanks, guys.
0: You know, we've worked in the same building as Carly for over 15 years now. I mean, I think it's seventeen. It I think
1: we're going on sixteen or seventeen. I think it's seventeen,
0: but you know, Mammoth shorts us a year, so I think it's sixteen. But to still learn,
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't go off of that nonsense.
0: Me either. It's seventeen. It's our seventeenth yeah. fall.
1: Well, yeah, that's what
0: <laughs> I know.
1: They're, they're like, oh, well, you started on August 10th, so that doesn't count. That so, this whole year's account, right? So, I said to, Jeff and I were laughing about it. I said, Okay, so that 2006, that whole football season I mean, at the time I was like, right. a track contact, like,
0: rain it the pouring rain at Fordham, yeah,
1: 15 different sports that year. Like, none of that counts because
0: I didn't start until like
1: October, right? You were, uh, I was across fishing. campus, yeah, you were finishing up a thing, or yeah, 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 anyway. So, anyway, we, we've She's known Carly
0: this long, and I we learned. Like, a lot of things about her there. I didn't know she was a walk-on. I didn't know she started college in Canada.
1: did know she was a walk-on. I did not know she started her career in Canada.
0: Or her face got broken.
1: Didn't know that. I wish she knew who the team was. I know. I have to go back and look.
0: That was... But it's funny, you know, you work, I mean, what, 15 feet away from someone, and you know them as well as we do. I mean, and it's been fun to grow as young employees, now older employees, you know, watch the rise of this field hockey team because... I, I think because, and you mentioned it during our conversation, this podcast is is was made to shed light on a lot of programs that don't yeah. get maybe the attention.
2: 100%. For, for
0: people to realize what that team was to what it is now, and I think you did a good job of asking her about it during the interview, it really is, like, should be absolutely celebrated, and it was, was one of the worst teams in the country to now one of the most consistent teams in the country.
1: 100%. It's just, and, and that's happened a, a couple sports here at Mammoth, and we're not going to go through them all. But no,
0: but you're 100 percent right.
1: I'm pretty sure women's soccer had a little bit of ineptitude there for a while, Women and then soccer went. That got turned around, and I mean,
0: men's soccer went through a down cycle yeah. before, and you know, I mean, it's,
1: it's getting good coaches in here. It's yeah. Hopefully, Ginny Bogus is the next one.
0: I'll make that. I think we yes.
1: Hopefully, she's going to get that thing. There's no hopefully about it. No, I don't mean hopefully like she's going to get it turned around. But I'm I'm hoping that in Seven years where somebody, we're somebody, we're having a conversation. Somebody's gonna <laughs> be whoever's hosting Hawk Talk, at right? The time. <laughs> Whoever, whoever's doing Hawk Talk in seven years is saying, Wow, yeah, I know. Uh, remember how bad the our women's basketball program was record wise, um, and how good they are now. That That's where that's how special I think Jenny Boggis is.
0: Well, the, the thing that you notice anytime that happens, it's kind of there's two things. It's the results that come, but it's also the attitude of the people doing that, right? Yeah. So we saw that to use your example with our women's basketball team, and the attitude is just totally different. Yeah, and the girls
1: had fun last year,
0: and wins came,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And if you look at like the end of last year, like you know what things they had such a great season that I think because of the hot start, people are like, "Oh, they yeah, we had a good season?" No, they had a great season yeah. when you factor in where that team was, sure. and we we've had the chance to see that, in you know, Maryland as an athletic director who then gave it to Jeff and his way of doing it, like it's a way that allows coaches to coach and to recruit student athletes to be themselves. And I think that that's one of the things I've learned being in this building as long as we have is you have to let, you have to hire people and let them do their thing. Yep. And I think that's one of the things that, that Monmouth will say does as well in athletics as any team, you know, whether it's, FBS power you know, group of five power five however it looks so with all that I mean we've got games we're in it like we said women's soccer had our first home game last week first flow sports broadcast yeah um that I thought went really well
1: yeah it was it was good I watched it we got some some little kinks to work out here and there but um, you and Shannon did an awesome job oh, He's the best uh he's the and, best and Drew did a really nice job learning some new stuff and we only had one camera operator. Um, yeah, a lot of it's unmanned, hard. Yeah. I think people don't know, like people, I guess people who listen to this podcast would know, but school, our school doesn't start yet. Everybody else is in school, has their full student crews and everything. We don't start until uh, Tuesday after Labor Day. Yeah, so,
0: And we can't start before Labor Day. No, there's no housing. Right. There's no
1: housing in the area. Because when you live in such a beautiful and desirable. desirable, that was the word I was looking for, thank you, uh, area such as the Jersey Shore, literally less than a mile from the beach. Uh, people keep their ho- homes through the summer. You know, through the summer to go to the beach, and then they rent them out. So yeah, a lot of um, these
0: rentals that students will live in in a week are right now families, yeah. and right now they're people spending their summer here, soaking so. up
1: their last two weeks of summer or whatever it is.
0: And I think the school did a really nice job of understanding that with the with the schedule. It happened yeah, years ago. You have ago, to, right? yeah, you have to. So you you look at you know, kind of all that. And then the game we started last week. And then here we are again. So we have a bunch of unmanned cameras mm-hmm. right They're Literally. So if you were there, you're like, Oh, Eddie and Shannon are on camera. Oh, this, that Right. you would think there's 10 camera operators, but no, no. the, the crew and, and Andrew and everyone did a great job just making sure it looks the way that it should look with multiple replay angles and everything else. So we keep that party rolling. Tomorrow is a huge day on campus. There's a summer commencement going on, which my well, sister's walking in, by the way,
1: <laughs> can't say tomorrow.
0: This Thursday, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't. This I don't think. This I think this bad boy is going to come out on Friday. So, all right. So there you go. Yesterday, right? There's well, a summer it, convention. It,
0: it It's a big week on campus. It is. There's a there's a soccer doubleheader on campus. The field hockey, like you mentioned with Carly, their um, their home their season opener, which is their home opener. Um, so we're in it now. But the other sport that's starting, which for the Mammoth football program, won't start till September 1st at New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. But college football starts this weekend as well with the I don't get why they just didn't name this week one, but I guess week zero sounds cool. Right. So college football starts. It's back. We're there. We made it. Week zero. We're here. Love it. Uh, no some, CAA games.
1: No CAA games. Some good FCS games. Uh, there are some good FPS FCS games. Uh, if you like that kind of thing. A lot of people don't for one reason or another. Um, if you don't like fun, then
0: we have nothing yeah, to say.
1: I mean, you know, it's uh, it's an opportunity to see a fun upset. For sometimes, I mean sometimes they they're not the greatest games, but sometimes it's fun to see an a, a, a an up potential upset and everybody's scoreboard watching those pretty hard. Uh and then as, as we kind of talked about, now you've, you've cheated and brought up the schedule, which is good, not cheated in a bad way. <laughs> uh, cuz we went over this earlier today at lunch, but I've now forgotten except for all but like two games. Give give me a good matchup on there, and then we're going to yeah. talk about the always popular.
0: Yeah, we'll save that for the late year. night. Right. Yeah. Right. The so the first game of the college football season mm-hmm. is an FCS FBS game. Mm-hmm. It's Austin P.
1: Mm-hmm. The Govs.
0: love that. Love that.
1: They've done a very nice job. They were they, they were, were a bad team for dreadful. a long time. Yeah, and then they really got it going. And then who are they playing?
0: They're at Western Kentucky.
1: A good a good. Group of five teams.
0: Exactly. So that's a fun game, and it's that's on CBS game. Sports Network, which get used to hearing that as yeah. us affiliated with You'll be the watching CIA. Hoops games
1: on that for sure. right? What uh, What day and time is that? Give me a day and time. I
0: think that's that's Saturday at noon. That's noon. the, first, that's the first, game first game of the college season.
1: Dude, you can't pay for that kind of – like like I would love if Monmouth played in the first game of the college football season. Yeah, that's a big Cause deal. Because people are like, college football is back. What's on? Okay, I don't care who it is. No. I'm watching this game.
0: That's going to get a huge rating just because. I think so. And then there's a few other FCS, FBS games. There's um, some interesting matchups. A former league foe of Monmouth back in the day, Duquesne, is going to Florida State. That's a wild one. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's fun. Um, There's a couple other FCS, FBS matchups.
1: Is is Florida A&M playing North Carolina?
0: Florida A&M goes to North Carolina.
1: I think that, I want to check that. I think North Carolina, I was listening to some... Uh, Dusty and the coach or whatever that show mm-hmm. is on ESPNU. Uh, and, and they were saying how good North Carolina was going to be like a top three program in the, in the ACC. But that the, the Florida A&M is a sneaky good FCS program.
0: And North Carolina lost a ton of talent. A lot of talent. They lost a the quarterback, Sam Howells in Washington. Mm-hmm. They're two years removed from losing their, both of their starting running backs. Like Mac Brown's recruited well, but a lot of those guys have moved on now.
1: That game's going to go one of two ways. Really competitive right up until the end of the fourth quarter. Or North Carolina really is as good as they say they are, and it's just not competitive.
0: And, and sometimes it takes a team a half or three quarters to realize how yeah. good they are. And like you said, don't sleep on Florida A and M at all. They're good. Another, another great nickname. They got a,
1: they got the Rattlers. The Rattlers. They got um they got a they got a linebacker or safety. I think he's a linebacker who's like an absolute stud. And I think he was
0: he was going to transfer up. Transfer and up, gamble. and he called
1: it off. So that that's a game to watch.
0: There's uh, n- Nebraska plays Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Hmm. That's interesting.
1: I can't imagine they watch a lot of Big Ten football in Dublin, Island.
0: No, when Notre Dame can. goes there, like Notre Dame plays well, Navy there every yeah, couple okay. years. I get that. Yeah, but we're throwing good corn- for those
1: kids though. You know, they're have they're probably out there a weekend. You know, they probably got out there a weekend. I'm sure. I'm sure. They're practicing. They're touring, and that's not something people can do with football.
0: And then after a good, you know, I'd say it's about ten game slate. Um, then you end your night. You start your night with CBS. You start your day with CBS Sports Network at noon. Mm-hmm. You end your night. With CBS Sports Network at 10.30. I think those are all Eastern time, so 10.30. Yeah,
1: it's an Eastern time.
0: When Vanderbilt... This is rare that an SEC team does this. Sure. But, but it's but, Vanderbilt. Right.
1: But it's week zero. Vanderbilt. And you can go out there and do some fun stuff.
0: Visits the rainbows. Yeah. I love Hawaii. Hawaii.
1: I love everything about that island. That place is so special.
0: It's... I mean... You've been there a bunch of times. i lived there for a very short time when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Not even for an extended period of time, but I mean, I walked the Hula Bowl. I went to a game. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing place.
1: I think they're tearing the Hula Bowl down.
0: They are. They are something where it's... I think it's not It wasn't safe. safe. No, yeah. no.
1: So they're playing, So we were talking about this off the air a little bit. Now Hawaii's playing in like a little 8,000-seat stadium on campus yeah. or something? Yeah,
0: and they were playing there last year, if you remember. I forgot what flight we were coming home from, mm-hmm. and like we had... TVs. TV on the flight. Remember, yeah, we had a
1: JetBlue plane. Right, that was nice. That was last year. Uh, it was last year.
0: And we were, I was, wa- we were watching Hawaii, whoever, and I'm like, wow, look, the it's stadium, like Hawaii
1: Fresno State or somebody.
0: Yes, and they were playing in a stadium that looked like it was like what Kennesaw played in, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's really cool looking because it's small and it's intimate and whatever. But I mean, there's nothing better than ending Hawaii. You should end every college football Saturday with watching Hawaii. Hawaii should play every game at home. First of all, they shouldn't let them go on the road. Uh, Everyone should have to go to Hawaii and play that game at 11 o'clock.
1: Yeah, the problem is, and you only want to do that if you have uh, the next week off, I think.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you don't want to roll into, yeah, that's a a quick turnaround. So, So we're there, full slate of games on campus this week, week zero in college football this week great news we, we we mentioned it but all of the flow sports information is all over our social media and on our website
1: know. it's a little bit we know it's a little bit of a battle to find your your individual game it's I'm trying a, to it's work a, through that it's
0: a different interface you have to get yeah, used to get used doing to it. it you know espn looked one way now flow sports is another way and but here's what like you mentioned last week what won't change is the the production quality and the talent and all of the work that goes into these broadcasts and we're excited to bring those to the Monmouth fans and the CAA fans and it's going to be a lot of fun so um, big week this was fun now this time next week we'll get to talk Monmouth
1: football I can't wait we got to figure out when we're doing next we do you guys we're leaving on Wednesday, Wednesday
0: so yeah. we'll, we'll get that done we'll get it figured out I know a guy it's we'll you, but it
1: Friday afternoon or something.
0: This has been I'll a be production here. of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hot Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.